Welcome to the Experts Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thanks for listening. Extremely hot weather has been tied to early labor during pregnancies. Many other reports that heat itself can lead to a very large number of deaths, as happened in Europe in 2003. It's an estimated 70,000 heat-related deaths. Dolores Melasminia is a psychiatrist at Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York, and she has kindly agreed to join us to discuss these issues. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. What is the difference between just a hot spell in the summer and the type of increased temperature that we are referring to that is causing early labor? In general, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric, NOAA, defines a heat wave as temperatures of 100 degrees during the day with insufficient cooling at night, perhaps just getting down to 75 degrees. But we know that women who are pregnant can't really dissipate heat like other individuals to support the pregnancy there. Blood flow has already increased, um, which is something the rest of us do to cool down. So pregnant women are particularly vulnerable to having hyperthermia during many situations, but particularly during a heat wave. Do we know if there is any regional connection to these labors? And the question really comes out of the fact that there are a lot of women who go through pregnancies and they live around the equator. Is it that their bodies have adapted to this, or are we, again, looking at different phenomena? There is adaptation to the tropics. You know, the earliest reports of this go back to the late 1700s, when persons from the British Empire moved to the East and West Indies. And it was described that in the beginning, they would be unable to function. But over a period of months, they adapted, they acclimatized. So we know that individuals can adjust to a local temperature, hot or cold, by fluid shifts and changes in salt retention, cardiovascular accommodation. But you know, the heat we've been experiencing worldwide is going to exceed even those capacities to accommodate. In general, people do not have excess labor and delivery issues or preterm birth just because they live in a warm place. Which brings up the question, therefore, is there a consensus as to why we are having the higher higher temperatures in, in our existences in our world? Well, isn't that the most important question that you could ask? Since 2000, we've had, I think, 11 of the 12 hottest days ever. 2019 is now racking up to be the second hottest year, and right now, Somewhat into 2020, the consensus is this will be the hottest year on Earth. I was around for the first Earth Day and had a strong interest from that time forward in climate and the young person tracked the deforestation of the rainforest. It's phenomenal that all of that early attention um, has not yet led changes in society, but between carbon emissions and between deforestation, we are swaddling the earth in a heat blanket. But I wonder if there be another effect. What about the unborn? What about heat effects in pregnancy? And I wanted to bring to the attention of psychiatrists and other individuals that this can also affect the next generation. Preparing for this and doing some background reading and also looking at your article in JAMA Psychiatry, I think it was done in just a couple months ago, it summarizes it very nicely and it says that it's in the last trimester that there seem to be the greater problems with the hyperthermia. I am not an obstetrician and I shan't pretend to be an obstetrician. 
is it throughout the entire pregnancy that the hyperthermia is an issue? It's throughout the whole pregnancy. We're aware of the effects in late pregnancy. So as the pregnancy advances, the uterus becomes more and more desensitized. And as I mentioned, pregnant women will always have a higher propensity for hyperthermia because of the physiology of the pregnancy. So in late pregnancy, a heat wave can trigger an early birth. So that's something we can see right away, the early birth. High temperatures were the first known teratogen. The other effects of heat early in pregnancy on the developing brain probably show up much later. So I think throughout pregnancy, we can expect that there may be effects. They may be particularly important in early pregnancy when the organs and the tissues are developing, physiologically programmed. Those effects might not show up so very early. There is literature to suggest from what I've read that early births are being seen to have a higher association on issues of depression and bipolar disorder and the like. How far can we extend these concerns? Absolutely the case. I do not want to minimize preterm birth. Of all developed countries in the world, the United States has the highest rate of preterm birth. These offspring have a much higher mortality, have a lifelong risk of elevated cardiovascular disease. But in addition, we do see increased risk for schizophrenia, for bipolar disorder, and for depression. When we get down to really early birth, the 32 or 33 weeks, Large epidemiological studies have shown an almost sevenfold increase in bipolar disorder. What we don't know is if those particular early births are also a signal of earlier pregnancy effect. But certainly preterm birth is a major health care cost, I believe, currently in our society. When you think of its association with metabolic and cardiovascular disorders throughout life and with the increased psychiatric conditions. Now, many early born offspring are perfectly healthy, but there is an enormous signal there for lifelong disparities and health outcomes. Let's go back to a little medical school material. What do we think is happening? The body, the woman's body just does not get rid of the heat as much and so that heat then, shall we say, ripples onto the developing child, the fetus. Is that the concept that's going on there or is there an actual sense that blood flow actually shifts as the body tries to get rid of heat? What do we know about this? Both of those are correct. So the main mechanism of cooling is evaporation of sweat from the skin. Now, to get that to happen, of course, we have to increase our blood flow to our extremities, to our skin. Two things happen during pregnancy. One is that, of course, the fetus requires blood flow. Shifting it away from the fetus during critical periods of development is highly problematic. The other thing is to support the pregnancy. The increased blood flow throughout the body has already dilated the skin and the periphery maximally. So there's less physiological reserve for the pregnant woman to then further shunt blood to the skin to do the cooling that's necessary. Also, heart rate changes from heat exposure are interfered with. We're left with the fact that her body temperature will increase. That increased body temperature alone is known to be a teratogen, meaning that it can cause birth defects. And that's been known since early observations of farm animals, actually. And it's the best replicated teratogen. We think about infections as teratogens or toxic drugs or 
exposure that people can have, but actually it's heat that is the most prevalent teratogen. And with climate change and higher and higher entities for heat waves, we will see more and more of that risk. Certainly, we want to decrease the escalating temperatures of the planet, but we also need to find mechanisms to provide cooling and to educate the population about the dangers of heat during pregnancy. There is a very good term about a problem that's not a very good problem, and it's called the urban heat island effect. And it has to do, as I understand it, with the fact that in a lot of cities, there's so much more pavement, so much more concrete that it heats up. And during the summer months, people just don't have an opportunity to feel the environment cool. And there are fewer trees, less vegetation. If we could keep somebody in a cooler environment, if that was possible, might they be less vulnerable to the heat concern changes? What percentage, if we have any sense of it, of pregnancies are vulnerable to the heat because of where they live, because of the urban heat island effect? Any thoughts about that? In our inner cities, we have a built infrastructure. We have tall buildings. We have large amounts of soil. You have twice the effect of any heat wave in the inner city. You also have higher humidity and more particulate matter. Persons who live in the city, particularly marginalized individuals or people who can't afford air conditioning, they will have a much higher effect from any heat wave. That is tragically true, and particularly the elderly, for people who have decreased mobility. So we have these heat islands, and this really needs to be a focus of attention. Of all the weather-related deaths that are tracked, heat waves account for the, the largest number of these. Heat waves certainly have an effect not just on pregnancy, but on actual death and morbidity of individuals who do live in inner cities. That's another disparity for minority individuals who may disproportionately not have resources for cooling. The current pandemic is also problematic because some of the symptoms are fever. There are a lot of problems with people being asked to shelter in place. Not everybody has adequate air conditioning. I don't know where this will go ultimately. It will require a great deal of study, needless to say, and, and appropriately so. But is this even on your list of concerns, things like this pandemic? Absolutely. Shelter in place and decreased external access in the setting of a heat wave will really compound the issues of heat exposure, environmental heat exposure without access to cooling. Unless we rapidly plan cooling shelters and account for this, there's also a risk of elevated fever. So far, we see no effect in COVID-born babies, but it's possible that Women who spike high fever in early pregnancy may have an increased risk to their offspring. We know that fever in early pregnancy is associated with neural tube defects. These are changes in the circuitry and the developing brain. So it does suggest that fever is one risk. But then on top of that, there's the need to keep people indoors and in place with out access to cooling. This will be another risk 
layered on top of the many, many others we've already seen from the COVID epidemic. And one of the things that we as psychiatrists and actually all physicians need to do is to remember that many of the medications that we give, as good as they are, can cause problems in dissipating heat from the body. Right now, a large number of people, some appropriately and some maybe not appropriately, are being given a large number of, of these medications. We have to worry about what the heat is going to do to them as well. It's it's a different way of thinking than I think a lot of doctors are used to thinking. Again, you're thoughts? Yeah, a lot of the medicines that we use for cardiovascular diseases and certainly in psychiatry interfere with the dissipation of heat. So individuals with psychiatric medications need to particularly seek cooling and limit exertion when the weather is warm. In particular, though, many people with depression or psychotic disorders, they have decreased motivation to seek cooling. They may have behavioral issues that compound the effects of the heat. A lot of what we do when we're exposed to heat is behavioral. We'll put an ice cloth on our head, stop running around, we'll sit more calmly and try to keep ourselves cool. Well, these may not be available or possible. We need to educate patients to stay cool. All people need to be educated, but the elderly, people with cognitive impairments or mood issues or limited mobility in particular. We need to make sure heat wave warnings that are issued by NOAA get targeted to the elderly, to pregnant individuals, and those with psychiatric or cognitive issues. I remember as a resident that there was always almost a total reluctance to give a pregnant woman an antidepressant. That has softened, and sometimes appropriately so, but the number of women who are on antidepressants through their pregnancy has grown considerably, and I I just hope that it's all appropriately used. But that being said, with the increasing issues of heat. If we're giving a woman an antidepressant because she legitimately needs it, now we have the effect of the antidepressant plus the external heat, and we could be doubling the exposure. And I don't want to cast alarm, but it's a thought that has to be, it has to be considered. And just listening to you just struck that in my mind. I think that you need to see it in a complex way, however, because the issue of not treating depression is that the stress hormones that are elevated that go along with depression and anxiety are clearly known to have an impact on fetal development. So we make an individual choice whether or not to treat depression based on the woman's history and the severity of her depression. The same stress hormone pathways that get activated by depression or anxiety. And we do know, particularly in early pregnancy, that those really go to the placenta and can program the baby more stress sensitivity. Pay attention cooling, even more so if you're a pregnant person. With or without depression, that's a wonderful point to bear in mind. Public health warnings that include and target individuals taking medications as well as pregnant women. So many good points, and I do want to thank you very much for coming to our project and elevating the the thoughts and the concerns amongst these issues. They are very, very real. Dolores Malaspina is a psychiatrist with the Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York City. I thank you so much for joining us, and I just hope that you stay safe and we can all get through this pandemic on the safe side. And again, thank you so much. Thank you very much. My pleasure. A new meaning 
secrets. Stay cool. <laughs>